they were kind of the next team in, in consideration. The defense has been really good so far this year. And that was the question coming in. Remember, this is a team that gave up over 30 points a game and over 450 yards a game last year. Not good. And so they have to improve. And while the statistics suggest that their defense is much better, like we still have to wait and see. I still don't feel like they've played a great offense. And there were times during that game against Cincinnati when I felt like, boy, the Bearcats are a couple of mistakes away from having the lead in this game. Offensively, I like what Oklahoma does. I think that their wide receivers are their best players. I believe that their offensive line has to get better running the football. They need to find a running back that will emerge as their guy in the backfield to allow for the timing and the rhythm of the run game to really reach its um, uh, potential. And then I think that their quarterback, you know, I don't think he's got the highest ceiling in the world. I like Dylan Gabriel. He gets the ball out quickly. But when it comes to utilizing the weapons on the outside, those big wide receivers, he needs to show me that he can attack downfield with more efficiency than what he has over the last couple of years. So that's why OU fell just below the line for me. Who was that? Yeah, it's Gus Johnson again, just like last Man. week. Good to hear from Gus. He was on the call It's weird that week. Gus said that because I'll tell you, that sounded exactly like all the things I told Joel Klatt right before the game started uh, up there in Cincinnati. Oh, he wanted uh, gave you 40 questions, huh, before the game. Yeah, well, I agree with all those points, don't you? I mean, yeah, pretty um, spot on. Yeah, I'm trying to think back into the fourth quarter of because he said, you know, there were points in that game where you say to yourself, man, a couple of things go Cincinnati's way, then they may be winning this game. Yeah, I, that 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 that's pretty accurate. I mean, it in the was it was quarter. true, but I never felt like those sure, things were going to happen. Yeah, I know you ends up winning by two scores, so maybe that makes it a little bit more impressive. You thought that at one point, you still end up pulling away, but. No issues there with what he said offensively. We've said as much throughout the entirety of the week up to this point. Yeah, and I mean, there is a lot of truth to the defensive statistics. We, we've we played four football games, and I mean, SMU has a good offense, not elite. Um, Cincinnati has a good offense, not elite. So we haven't faced a, a, a really good offense yet, and we're not going to face one this week. So there's going to be our first five games are are a difficult gauge for what it means in the future. Now, it's not a difficult gauge if you're trying to compare this team to last year's team or years past because we gave up points and yards to every offense, yeah. not just good ones, um, to can, bad ones. To Can I clarify something real quick? Because we've got yeah. like eight texts on the text line about it. I know that that wasn't Gus Johnson. It's just a, <laughs> just a joke on the show. <laughs> yes, that was Joel Clatt. <laughs> that's that's oh, what happens. That's I play someone giving a take on OU. Teddy immediately says, who is that? Which I know you guys love. And I normally say the wrong answer or the closest answer next to it. So, yeah, that was Joel Clatt. We just needed Joel Glatt to start off that that soundbite about Oklahoma saying, leave my name out of it, but. <laughs> Seriously. Nine um, eight, the only thing I disagree with is I do not think it was mistakes by Cincinnati. I think it was the defense that stopped Cincinnati from taking the lead. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they missed field goal. 
Uh, did they miss two field goals? They missed one field goal, um, the easiest field goal of the day, and they backed that up by like a 52-yard field goal uh, the next yeah. attempt. Here's the thing, though. The back half, well, not not necessarily the back half of the of the season, but we're going to see Texas, who's got a good offense. We're going to see UCF, who's got a good offense. We're going to see Kansas, who's got a good offense, three games in a row uh after we play iowa state so we're gonna have a three-game stretch that we come out of we're gonna know if we got a a legitimate good defense or not so when joe clatt was saying just below the line for ou what he was talking about there is national championship contenders he's got 10 teams Mm -hmm. above the line right now that he thinks can win the national championship and about five teams below the line so the first team below the line he has notre dame um, they'll definitely be below the line if they continue to play with 10 players for the rest of the year. Yeah. OU it says is, a lot about them, though. 11 <laughs> players out there, they're yeah. above the line, I'm sure. Alabama, uh, OU was listed second. Alabama was listed third on below the line. LSU was listed fourth. And Washington State was listed fifth. So, uh, interesting. Wazoo is uh, essentially yeah, saying the number 15 team. Above the line, there's 10 teams. And there's four Pac-12 teams, three Big Ten teams, just one SEC team listed. Ten teams who can win the title. Stop me if we, we disagree with any of these. Georgia is listed. Mm-hmm. Washington is listed. Yeah. Uh, Texas is listed. Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, USC, Utah with Cam Rising, and Florida State, the lone team out of the ACC. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all those. Um, now, I I think USC is the weakest of all of those, and the reason I don't like disagree with having them in there is because all of that's going to USC, Oregon, Utah is going to play themselves out. You did say Utah, right? Is yeah, in there? yeah. Four, the four Pac-12 teams were yeah. Utah, USC, Washington, and uh, Oregon. Yes. Yeah. And so I think all of that's going to kind of play itself out. But as of right now, yeah, I think that those teams are all in the mix. I could see, I could see a scenario where any one of those four can beat any of the other three. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. And even though yeah. OU's below the line, I mean, I look at that ten, and there's definitely some teams where I say, well, OU would not be the more talented team. It would be tough to win that game, but. There's there's certainly a few of those. Um, I mean, USC, Utah, um, Penn State, Texas. I, I think that there's four or five, probably maybe even more of that, where I say, oh, yeah, oh, you absolutely would have a chance to win that game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I don't see anyone at all in the country that, we well, that's, couldn't that's, be on the field with. I could, I could get there as well. I think we talked about that two days ago. Because uh, I think most people have Georgia, Michigan as one and two. I'll agree with that. Uh, I think our offense would have a really difficult time with both of those defense, deep, uh, both of those defenses. But I think their offenses would have a difficult time with our defense. So I think I'm not suggesting we'd win those games, but. I mean, we would deserve to be on the field with them. 405, take Caleb out of the mix, and USC isn't on the list either. 
USC ain't winning with that defense, says the 405. Here's another one that says, USC above their line with the speed D? Um, yeah, not very many people are about SC. That, that's no, the, that's well, the one that everyone had an issue with on the text line. But For more than one reason. USC is on there for one reason and one reason only. Everyone knows it. Uh, uh, for example, if if Georgia, uh, if their quarterback sprains an ankle and or heck is gone for the season, does that affect anyone's really like prediction on where I mean, Georgia's going to be? But to the point that you're making, it's a much bigger deal. The quarterback position at USC is the best player right now. That's that's why they're they're number I mean, one. Think about it. Georgia, Michigan, I mean, I, I like the McCarthy kid, Ohio State. Like, there's a bunch of unproven quarterbacks on that. Like, USC, if you take Caleb Williams away from USC, I, they're not even a top 25 football team. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, th- this above the line, below the line, you're right. The Pac-12 will take care of itself. I feel like Washington, for instance, plays USC, Oregon, and Utah. Like some of these teams, that, like the Pac-12 teams that are here, will mm-hmm. play the other three Pac-12 teams that are that are listed. But in the case of OU being just below the line, the only team that they play is Texas c- coming up in a couple of weeks. So regardless, right. if you think that Joel Clad is right or he's wrong about OU being a national championship contender, you definitely have to view them. I think right now, with the way that the schedule looks you got to view them as a college football playoff contender. And I know that we'll oh, be yeah. a lot more serious about that in two weeks' time if OU beats Texas. But a, like a, 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 an exercise we went through yesterday, now that we've seen four games with this team a third of the way through the regular season, what would you project as their number of regular season wins now that we're four games in? 12, 11, 10, 9, or 8 or, eight or fewer? Um, 11. All three of us yesterday said 11 as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm closer to saying 10 than I am to saying 12. Run game's got to get better. Feels like that that could bite you at some point. Run game's got to get better. And I think it will. I think a lot of things are going to get better, but I, I, we we are a far cry from being a team that I, I think we'll probably we may end up being favored in every game we play this year at kickoff, um, but we're a far cry from looking at a schedule and saying that we're going to win all of those games. Sure, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I and I don't know who it may be UCF where you just go out one day and you don't have it. It may be BYU whenever you go on the road. Um, you know, I it could be. It could be anyone where you just go out there and you put out a stinker. That happens, right? And I think that we are – I mean, that happens to that happens to great teams. It happened to 2017 Oklahoma against Iowa State, who at the time was not good, right? So you just have to, have to expect that that's going to come somewhere and you don't really know where it is. If you can just go 2-0 and in your next two games, though, you win on Saturday and then you beat Texas, I think – a lot of people yeah. will look up and say, oof. Um, yeah. I know it was 6-7 and seven last year, but you're 6-0, and oh, and here's what the rest of the schedule looks like, and you are atop of the Big 12 standings right now. Maybe this team really needs to push for a playoff spot this year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and honestly, and, and this is why I said like after the six and seven season happened that uh, I would have never predicted it and I would have never wanted it to happen, but after it did, I feel like it was a good thing and something that we kind of needed as a fan base, as a program, as an administration, as a coaching staff, like just a total reset as to how we look at our schedule, like what our expectations are, like how we approach a a day-to-day, you know, the way we we go about our season, that we're not just above everyone else and can score our way out of everything. Like, Everything, every aspect of the program needs our total attention still and always will. And I feel like we had kind of lost sight of that. Sure. No, that's, I think that's fair. 903 says favorite against Texas right now, and they show the ESPN FPI, like the matchup predictor. It has yeah. OU 54.1% chance to win. But like odds wise, I, I'm, looking at, uh, I'm looking at one service right now. Texas minus four and a half, which is interesting because before the year started, Texas was, I think, a nine, nine and a half point favorite by this yeah. service. This is after Texas won in Alabama, and it still dropped that much. Well, what do you think about Texas and Kansas this week? Everyone is picking Kansas to cover. Very few, if any, are picking Kansas to win. But yeah. I, I'm in that same group, man. I, I really think that – it's a dangerous spot for Texas. KU has a legitimate playmaker at quarterback, and I think it's going to be interesting. I, I looked before the show today just to kind of back up that everyone is uh, taking KU. 84% of the money right now is on Kansas in this game. 84%. Yeah. That's well, crazy. Kansas has a playmaker at quarterback, but they also have two really good running backs. Um, what about Kobe Bryant, who was Big 12 yeah. Defensive Player of the Week last week? Their their defense, their specifically their defensive line, is a lot better than I really imagined that they were going to be. So, I mean, it's a it's a it's a fascinating game. I mean, I it's hard for me to pick Kansas to win because it looks like a troll pick, you know, but. Texas hasn't faced anyone like Kansas yet. I I guess you could say they had a running quarterback whenever they played Alabama, but Alabama hasn't been using him like that, which is, you know, I think well, one of the problems with their offense. Not much of a threat down the field throwing either. Like, that's right. not – Jalen Daniels can, can throw the ball real well. So, I, I, I think they are definitely in upset territory, and uh, – I don't even know. I part of me doesn't want them to lose to Kansas. <laughs> I was going to ask the same question today because Texas is going to be top three, and ooh, yeah, 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 get get to beat a top three Texas. Um, I I still want them to lose. I I just hate them so much. Just let them uh, let them acquire as many losses as possible. Yeah. No, I mean there's. There's a lot of truth. to Kansas that. beating Texas is too funny. Even if KU is actually kind of good, I just. I want to I want to live that one more time before we get out of this godforsaken conference. Yeah, we got to we get to watch it before we kick offs, so that's cool. 
Hmm. Well, all right. Let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up here from Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno. Remember, family owned and operated, but they do have employees that have been here over 20 years. Half price oil changes on Saturday as well here at Dorsey Jones. Stay tuned. The word is spreading and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate. Uh, they've all caught a pass this year from Dylan Gabriel. Well, yeah, that is that is one thing. Um, they've all caught passes from Dylan Gabriel that have netted more yards than your preseason selection for the number one wide receiver, uh, Gavin yeah. Freeman. Yeah. Ten, ten names there. That's crazy, man. What does Gavin have uh, so far this year? Stat line, eight catches for 29 yards. Ten players ahead of him. You know, he has even been back in the game since he dropped that one ball against SMU. Well, yeah, they gave it to him on a jet sweep into whatever last week, didn't they? I remember some complaining yeah. about that um, in in the post game show. But they, I mean, and that counts as a reception, by the way. That's why when I saw mm-hmm. eight catches, I said, "What? That even seems higher." Right. Well, those are yeah. because those those count as catches. But balls that he's caught past what five yards past the line of scrimmage, or there's, I mean, what maybe two. Three? Yeah, he doesn't get much of an opportunity down the field at all. Um, and I don't know. I, I honestly, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like he's he's in a spot to break through anywhere. I, I, I kind of feel like the receivers are. It's starting momentum. to become really set, isn't it? Like Feels the wide like receivers it. that we expect moving forward. I, I Andrew Lanthe, I don't see that changing. Um, Nick Anderson, I'm. I don't see that changing. And same thing for Farouk. Yeah, man, I'm. I really like where Andrew Anthony has has gone. I really like where Nick Anderson has gone. Um, I like where Farouk is at. I, mean, I think we're. I think we're at a good place wide receiver wise. I just, you know, kind of like what Joel Klatt said whenever we came. We started this hour. Like, I want to see Gabriel. This offense, whoever you know, can uh, can dictate it. I want to see us continue to push the ball downfield to those guys, even if they're not running wide open. Does Trust it, them to go up and make a play or to, to draw the interference. Doesn't it feel like the offense, I guess outside of quarterback, is completely flipped as to what we thought it was going to be? Well, hey, running backs are going to be good. Offensive line, yeah. they're ahead of schedule. They, I think they're going to be pretty good as well. Those are the two position groups we're questioning the most on the team, and wide receiver is the best position group on the offense. It's yeah. totally flipped from what we thought it was going to be. Well, it, it has, and it's a good thing because, you know, the, really the talking point was we got a lot of talent. At wide receiver, we just we haven't seen anything from anyone, and really all we're doing is guessing. Uh, and I think that I think a lot of guys are living up to their to their talent and showing up and. We're starting to get a lot of good play out of those guys. And I think it's going to, like, for some, I think, like, for Andrew, like, we know, I think, what we're going to get out of Drake Stoops. You know, they're going to give him the ball around the line of scrimmage. They're going to scheme him on some wheel routes and stuff, uh, like screen and go stuff. 
but I he's not going to be much of a downfield receiver. Um, but I, I I don't know. I think everyone else is kind of expanding their role in the offense. Like Nick Anderson, I I felt like had been pretty much a downfield guy, and then they gave it to him laterally down there on the goal line. He went and got a touchdown against Cincinnati. So. No, I think I think wide receivers are in a good spot. We just got to continue to to push the ball down the field, and I think that that's that's part of the puzzle in getting the run game to where we want it to be. Yeah, Sam and Evans says we should go four wide with Anthony and Anderson outside, and Farouk and Stoops inside. Get all the playmakers on the field. Yeah, and that's something I've talked about. Like I, I would I would definitely put Anderson and and Andrew Anthony on opposite sides on the outside at times to really stress the second level of the of coverage because it's hard to like where are you going to lean if you're if you're in any type of single high if you're playing cover three or you're playing uh, cover one or you're bringing pressure and you're that safety back there a little bit of look off from Dylan Gabriel and pull that safety to one side or the other. You just let it fly down the other sideline because uh, I trust those guys to go win. Uh, Andrell Anthony win with speed and Anderson go win with size. Bobby Mack on the text line says, my unpopular opinion. Uh-oh, here we go. Unpopular opinion. OU's defense is better than USC's, but USC's defense is better than any Grinch defense while he was at OU. USC's defense this year is better than any defense he had at OU. The 2019 was not great, it but it was yeah, probably it his best, bad. right? Yeah, I think statistically it was. It was, I feel I feel like it finished just outside of the top 25, didn't it? In some some metrics. Um I'm kind of clouded by what happened in that last game in the 2019 season. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, yeah. you're not just clouded like Statistically, they are clouded. Uh, I that game ruined anything that they had going for them that year. Uh, whenever it came to defensive stats, that, that was that and drug test ru- ruined everything. You're right. Yep, that's right. Uh, Pete from Tulsa says, "I'm wondering why we have tight ends since we don't use them." They actually well, did. I mean, use Stogner more last week than maybe they have all year long, but. Like the the total usage of tight ends, yeah, not not a ton. Yeah, I we, it's a down spot for us right now. Right? We've had some injury there. Uh, our young guys really haven't been able to to get in the mix. Um, we're we're missing a game breaker there for sure. I mean, but what are you gonna do? I you, you gotta you gotta still kind of do what you do. Like even though you're down at that spot, somewhat, you just gotta. You know, continue to press through, and maybe they do start to go a little bit more for wide stuff. Dave from Mizzou, have we found a punter yet? I'm rewatching the OU Cincinnati game, and I don't know how. I didn't know how bad our kicking game was. Punter was not great last week. Kicker, field goal kicker's been right. pretty solid up to this point, but um, yeah, that was that's the worst punting game that they've had this year, and yeah. and, and that just goes back to. Like, there, there were so many ways that OU could have helped out their defense last week, but even with not great field position consistently, the offense not helping them out, I, the more I think about last week, the more I continue to be impressed with the way the defense played a week ago. 
because they were not put in great spots for the majority of the game, including that. Yeah. Well, I I don't – it was not a good day special teams-wise, and Venables talked about this. I don't sense anything that's going to become an issue, but it's something to monitor for sure. I I feel like we, you know, we had a bad day punting the football. Uh, I feel like we could just as easily have a great day punting the football this Saturday against Iowa State. I'm not ready to say that we don't have a good punter. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I'm I'm a little bit nervous moving forward, obviously, because he talks about all the things that can get you beat if you don't do them the right way, and oh, yeah. they are magnified in a game like we're going to see in, what, nine days from now. Well, they're they're going to be magnified in a game that we're going to see two days well, from now. Well, that, that, that as well, yes. When you play a, a, a defensive team like Iowa State, Field position is one of the most critical aspects of, of the game. But speaking of the game coming up in two days, uh, yeah. 6 p.m., FS1. I don't know if you heard. Is there's, that right? The, FS1? I believe it's FS1, yeah. Uh, there's some scuttlebutts that um, mm. some alternate uniforms will be worn on Saturday nights. Well, Can you leave confirm? my name out of it, but I haven't heard one way or the other if they're wearing an alternate uniform. I'm guessing they'll announce that tomorrow if they're doing so. I can't remember how they announced the Unity uniform last year. Unity! That would be the one they wear is the grays, right? Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if you really have to take the opponent into consideration given the color scheme. Like UCF, that'd be very close to UCF's road uniforms. Yeah. Um, and depending on what TCU wears, it could be close to theirs as well. ISU's got a bright white, don't they? White yeah. and red, so I think you'd probably be good. Iowa State or West Virginia? Who'd they wear it against last year? They wore it against – they didn't wear it against Kansas State, did they? No. Kansas. Yeah, it was, it's Kansas. Kansas. That's who it was what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Snapped the I knew losing it was a game streak. they won. It snapped the losing streak in those Unity uniforms. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess – I don't have a problem with the unity if, if that's what they want to wear. I'm, I'm all right with that. Do, I don't love it, but it's it's way better than the Rough Rider uniform, right? We agree uh, on that? I, yes. <laughs> we can definitely agree on that one. It's better than the Rough Rider. Yeah. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Here from Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network, and worldwide on the KREF app. You're simply the best. The Showplace Theater is the best place for live music. And with some of the best acts around. Like Carly Pierce, October 14th. Rodney Carrington, October 27th. Flatland Cavalry, November 10th. And Justin Moore, November 18th. Riverwind, the Metro's best casino experience. Fowler Auto.
Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call us. Stop by any of them. Caught Teddy's Eye brought to you by Yala Gosney Law. Have you heard hiring a lawyer makes your insurance claim take even longer? Not at Yala Gosney Law. They work to keep your claim moving forward. And fight delay at every turn. Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. I think this one's funny. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of really big NFL games this weekend. One of them that everyone wants to see is the Bills-Dolphins game. Uh, Bills, obviously, offense is great. Uh, they're on a tear right now after losing that, that opener to the Jets. Dolphins, obviously, high-flying offense, a lot of fun. Problem is, uh, the television map across the country is like you're you're going to see a bunch of bad football games instead of that one, uh, unfortunately. And one of the games that is like chewing up a huge part of the country in the broadcast is going to be. The uh, Broncos and Bears game, oh, no. which uh, nobody wants to see, uh, other than uh. I, I guess perhaps to see who gets benched or maybe how bad it can get, uh, how boring. Uh, it's almost interesting because it could be uninteresting. Right? They're, they're not. Ju- the those teams it. aren't just zero and three. I mean, they have looked. God, there's been nothing fluky about it. Bears get destroyed at home by Jordan Love and the Packers week one. The the Chiefs, man, like Taylor Swift news was the best thing to happen to the Bears because that's what everyone right. was talking about, not how bad Justin Fields and the Bears look. The Broncos just gave up, what, 70 points last week? I mean, these are two bad, bad teams. So bad that I am kind of interested in, in watching right. that Sunday. It's one of those where everyone is, like, dreading that football game because of how horrible it's going to be, and it, it'll probably be the game of the year so far. That's typically how those things work. Um, I thought this was interesting. Travis Hunter got together with Henry Blackburn. Now, Travis Hunter's the two-way player at Colorado. Henry Blackburn's the safety from Colorado State that delivered the shot that gave Travis Hunter the lacerated liver. Uh, they met in Boulder to hang out bowling. How cool. about that? No, yeah, I saw the photo. That's actually really cool because he's been getting death threats and, and all that. But it's a cool move by both parties, but especially by Travis Hunter because he didn't just get knocked. I mean, he got knocked out of the Oregon game. He didn't get to play in the right. USC game. That, that sucks, man. But good sucks. for him for handling it that way. Yeah, actually, it may help him out that he didn't have to be out there and get exposed well, against either one of those offenses, so, you know. Uh, no word, though, if anyone beat my 69 score from uh, from last year's bowling. <laughs> 68 going in the final frame, and he did get one pin. It was unbelievable. Best shot of the oh, night. Um, how about this? Now, I'm interested to hear your take. Acuna, 40-70 club. How about that? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah and it happened in a uh, crucial part of the game last night. They end up beating yeah. the cut like the Braves didn't need a win. They've already locked up everything that you could lock up in the in the NL, but he's incredible, man. Um, just can hit for power, got an incredible arm in the outfield, can obviously run. He is easily one of the most exciting players and a guy that's going to be on a World Series winning team this year. So I think that's now, that's clear. Let me ask you this. Um, d- does 
any of the fire come out of this thing because of the the new base running rules and stuff that he put uh, a seventy up there on on stolen bases? Maybe like, to for some, me, man. But I, I think that's trying way too hard. Honestly, it's yeah. an incredible feat. You know that he's an incredible player. He's stolen a ton of bases before. I don't look at it any differently, to be quite honest with you. I, there's uh, what I don't know. There can't be very many players that have stole seventy bases in a season, right? Uh, no, there have not been. Well, I, I was shocked to see. I know he was the second Braves player to do it, which I was shocked with. So I can't imagine that there's very many guys out there, especially the forty seventy club, though incredible. Uh, okay, I'm going to stick with baseball for my first. I, I tell you, uh, an ex athlete that is not very popular with a lot of people, that is Kurt Schilling. Now, Kurt Schilling yeah. was a great pitcher in his day, for sure, but I guess he revealed yesterday on his podcast that uh, a former teammate, Tim Wakefield, the knuckleballer, mm-hmm. has been diagnosed with brain cancer. Now, the problem mm-hmm. with that is that the Wakefield family had not released that information. Nobody had released that information, and Kurt uh, Schilling saw it fit to reveal that information on his podcast, and oh. a lot of members of the, of the Wakefield family are, are really upset with him, as you can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, I guess, I mean, if, if he knew that they weren't releasing that no, and, and they didn't want people to know, at least for the time being, and he went out and did that anyways, that's a, that's a stupid thing to do and a selfish thing to do considering he's a guy – that is in the media. Isn't he still doing some media stuff? Uh, like, does he have maybe a show? Maybe he's on MLB. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if he's still – I don't watch MLB Network all that much anymore, but he's probably around somewhere. It's not – my point is it's not someone who doesn't have a platform that, you know, maybe accidentally let that go during some type of interview, asked about teammates or something, you know. Like he's pretty routinely in the media tell me if you think this is weird now 12 penn state alumni breweries have come together to release a beer that makes fun of ohio state and the beer is called buckeye tears the can has brutus the buckeye crying and a couple penn state uh, fans on each side buckeye tears across the front Mm -hmm. i ask if that's weird because Penn State fans creating a beer called Buckeye Tears. Ohio State's beaten Penn State ten out of the last eleven times. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's yes, it's weird. It's weird. I you, you should do that with the rival that you dominate. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I guess you do whatever you can if you think you're going to sell a bunch of it. <laughs> Which they call probably it whatever you they want. probably will. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, seriously. it's going to be one of those like, uh, you get it, you get it for all your friends that are Ohio State fans for Christmas and that type of deal. They probably sell a bunch of it. Uh, Chris Kleiman said yesterday that yeah, um, I am not interested in the Michigan State job. I will continue being the head coach at Kansas State. So this weekend, yeah. do we see him on the PJ up to East Lansing? I, I no, actually, nah, I, I believe him. If you're nope. if you're stable in your job, which he is, you're not you're not going to Michigan State. No way. I, I personally, I think that, and you know, there may be a million people that disagree with me. I don't care. I think Kansas State's a better job than Michigan State. Uh, yeah, not for traditionally, right but but for right now, um, 
Yeah, potentially it could be. I don't think it's as hot of a take maybe as some people think it might be. Terry Bussey, five-star athlete, did pick Texas A&M today mm. uh, over OU. Yeah, that one stinks a little bit, but not too surprising. Last one I have, Matt Campbell, and maybe I'll run the audio clip before we get out of here today, was talking about OU, and, he, and he's talking about the defense, and he used the word young to describe the OU defense. Would you say the OU defense is, is young? Because that caught me off guard a little bit. They play young players, but overall, are they a young group? Yes. Think so? Okay. Well. I guess I just, it, it, it um, I said, what? Because of all the defensive linemen that they're going to lose from this year's team, I guess is what I immediately thought of. Right. Outside of defensive line, and let's also point out that some of those upperclassmen defensive linemen are losing repetitions to a true freshman now wow right yeah so whenever you consider that i don't think there's anyone on the second level well is woody washington a senior i believe so yes because you got the opposite corner is young bowman you still consider young there's not a lot of seniors here and like Pearson, who's a senior, like they're all transfer guys. So, like, it, it's not like you have a bunch of homegrown, developed in the system upperclassmen. I think that's probably what he's talking about. Yeah, Woody Washington, by the way, is a redshirt senior. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. And still, I, I still think he's number zero. That that number change. He, he and Bowman has. It's tough, isn't it? It's still messing with me. Four games in, to be quite honest with you. Really tough. This is my week, though. I, this is my week, though. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it from here on out. I'm very confident. Okay, I believe in you. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two here from Dorsey Jones Buick GMC on the other side. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network, and worldwide on the K Ref app. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, we are driven to serve, serving you with big savings during Ram Power Days, like 6500 off MSRP and 2.9% for a 2023 Ram 1500, or nine grand off a 2023 Ram 2500. Lander's CDJR of Norman. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, Jeep Adventure Days are back with big savings with 11000 off a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Rubicon or 8000 off a 2023 Dodge Durango GT. Lander's CDJR of Norman, driven to serve. It's Raymond and Austin. We're back on All-Star Sports Radio. Celebrating their 30th year, our sportsbook and casino sponsor, BetUS.com, is going big. That's right, Austin. Sports bettors can win a new truck, get the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus, and even get up to 30 risk-free bets. Touchdown! BetUS also has a... If you're like 27-6, you, you take it, it'd be hard not to, but you're still saying, when's this offense really going to turn it on against a defense we respect? Right. And I don't think 27 points would do that this weekend. No, probably not. Probably not. Um, I, I've i always said I think it, it just it depends on on how you, how you score that, I guess. What's interesting is, right, no one, what, what was the number, 27? 27 to 6, yes. No one has scored 27 on Iowa State this year. Last year, someone scored 27. We scored exactly 27. Um, and 
On a day Baylor, where they missed a ton of deep balls last year, too, yep. on the 27. Baylor scored 31. Now, TCU blew them out at the end of the year and put up 62 on them. Um, but you go back over the last several years, uh, there haven't been a whole lot of people put put 27 points up on Iowa State. So it seems like a low number, but it ain't that low, right? I mean, our offense in, in 21 put up, what, uh, 28 on them. I mean, right? I mean, that's that's not a very big number. Now, we scored a lot in 2020. We put up 37. That was a wild game. That was a loss, though. Well, is that the Big 12 championship or regular season? Uh, regular season. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I It depends how it happens. The, the I think overall, I'd be happy with it. The overall offensive number is is important, and it's fun. And these, things, these two things probably go hand in hand. Like, the thing I would want to happen the most offensively is just – run the ball consistently and hit on some big plays. And, again, that probably goes hand-in-hand with what the number you have offensively is, but that's what I'm looking at more than scoring 45 points. Right. Run the ball for over 200 yards. Uh, Rush it for, you know, five and a half yards per carry, six yards per carry. Hit on multiple plays of 30 yards or more. That's that more than anything. And here's the thing. Like, if you've got a – if you've got a – a uh, 14 or a 17 point lead, like you got them 17 0, and you're up three scores on them, and your defense is balling. I, in the second half, you're probably going to be super conservative and take what they give you, try and keep drives going, sustain them, probably operate at a little bit slower pace. So at the end of the day, like, depending on how the game unfolds, it, that could be a great result. I mean, the fact that Really, the fact that that's a question is it's kind of weird and i and I get it i'm not like I'm not saying it's a something we shouldn't even talk about, but because I think that is a legitimate question because of how we've been conditioned to watch football over the last however many years you want to go back with the the style of play that we've had uh Brent from Jink says twenty eight to thirty five and hold Iowa State to thirteen or less, and I'm very pleased. Yeah, I might go ten or less this weekend. I mean, I won't be mad if it's thirteen. At least I don't think. Right, but you're just in a really good spot right now to hold them to ten or less. And we're, I think a lot of people, at least I am, I, I got a little pride in that defensive ranking, right? Like where they're where they end the season ranked. Like I think that helps recruiting and. If we could end the season as a top 10 scoring defense, like what that is going to do for recruiting is going to be great. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour is next here from Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. You're a member of the Ref Army, and we know you want to show it this football.